Holly hits her birthday. And that's what my cat looks like in real life. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan, a.k.a. The Raj Nation. Back by popular demand, I am your show's co-host, and I am back with my co-host, Martin McGovern, a.k.a. Marty McFly. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. We come to you today with the premiere, premiere of season six, and we are so excited to kick off season six with you by bringing you a guest by the name of Amber Ardolino. Amber is an actor, she's a singer, she's a person of theater, if you will, She's a cast member of the Hamilton musical in Chicago. So let's call this one the Hashtag Hamilcast. We sat down with Amber backstage of the Private Bank Theater and had an insightful conversation around something that's been on her mind recently, which is this concept of judging yourself and being hard on yourself. So we explored the question, how do you stop being hard on yourself? Before we dive into this conversation, I want to let you know you can now find the podcast at our brand new website, www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. And hey... If you're not a member of our tribe yet, go to discoveryourinnerawesome.com, enter your email address at the top, and you will never miss an episode of this show again. All right, let's dive into our conversation now with actor Amber Ardolino asking the question, how do you stop being hard on yourself? Let's listen in. I feel like (laughs) when you signed up to be a performer, you automatically signed up for getting judged every single day um and you have to like get a backbone for yourself in a sense because you walk in so our job is you walk into a room full of people that don't know you and you perform for them to the best of your ability and you give them everything you have and they either say yes or no and a lot of times it's no and that really hurts as a performer because you feel like you're really giving all that you can and to be told no you're not good enough you're not tall enough you're not this you're not that we have a certain type it's definitely difficult as a performer a human anyone to like receive that and be like oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. I'm and start believing it in a sense you know what I mean so it's it's difficult to not be hard on yourself in this business um especially. Uh, So yeah, this is something I've like, I've struggled with since I've started performing. I started doing this professionally when I was 17. So like jumping out of high school and like getting thrown into this world where you walk in and there's a million girls that look like you. It's like, it's unbelievable. So you'll walk into this audition, there'll be like hundreds, hundreds of girls there. And sometimes before an audition, they do a typecasting. So they start with, they like, they look at your picture. You give them a a resume and a headshot, it's called. And uh, they take a look at your headshot and they say if they like you. And if they don't, they give you a no. If they do, they'll let you sing. So just right there is automatically like, wow, they don't, they don't like how I look. They don't like this about me. They don't like that. So automatically disqualified for, you know, and, it's, and that's difficult to go through as like a 17-year-old, as a 23-year-old, which I am now. So this is a subject that touched me in a way that I wanted to talk about. And especially now, like, being at a platform with this show Hammy time. I don't know if anyone knows Hamilton. <laughs> Hammy time. <laughs> Hammy time. It's, it's, you know, I want to like, I want to reach out to the girls of 
this generation and be like, you know, stop being so hard on yourself. You are worth it and you are beautiful and you are this and that. And if someone tells you that you're not, don't believe them because, you know, I've dealt with it every single day. (laughs) It's difficult, you know? Well, so I'm curious to know then from that, given that you're a performer and you've built up a pretty decent social media presence at this point. Yeah. Do you ever get like slut shaming comments or people who just write like lewd or rude and lewd things in your direction just because you're a woman performer? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's difficult. I um I did a show before Hamilton called Rock of Ages that um was a very sexy 80s show. And the costumes were a little bit revealing and you know, being I value myself as a woman first and foremost. I value myself as a performer just as much. And when you're doing a show like that and you're like wearing like a little revealing clothing, of course you have guys and and women that just don't agree with that or are just rude and feel like they can say whatever they want to you. And you know, that that's hard. So yes, I've definitely dealt with stuff like that comments and like just on my photos and you know of performances and it's it's hard it's really hard (laughs) yeah well and i think this is interesting because and i don't know if enough people realize this but because you think someone because they are on a stage because they're on a screen because they're coming through through audio waves or whatever that they are no longer human and that they're just this like figure or this character that exists yeah. for your own amusement and they don't yes. exist beyond that wall or that window. Yes. And what you forget, whether it's a tweet to Kim Kardashian or an Instagram post to you or someone somewhere in, in the in between of that spectrum, yeah, you know what, at Kim Kardashian's level, she doesn't see every single message, but she sees some of them. And I'm so sure really? she's built up a backbone to this point where she's like, they're morons, they're losers, that's okay. Yeah. But... We think that because people have money or they have some type of status that they are now impervious to emotion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because especially in the explosion of social media and even what we teach, which is personal branding and like how to get your name out there and how to communicate and find crowds that agree with you. But as you're finding people that agree with you and that support you, you also find the people that don't. Yeah. And so this is widespread from, you know, all the way from performers, all the way just to like people who are starting their own personal Instagram. And we all at different points, you know, high school is a pretty crazy time being judged, right? Uh, for, for everyone. And then, you know, all the different stuff that happens after that. What are the things internally you've had to do? Like, have you ever like quit social media or come back to it? Or like, have you like taken breaks from things? Or do you manage it in a very strategic way? What are the things that you've done to manage that internal yeah it's it's difficult because i feel like a lot of um people forget we're humans kim kardashian uh, rihanna all these celebrities like you write on these women's posts how you feel and you don't expect them to like have feelings about it and yeah i've i haven't dealt with it a lot but i've experienced it before and my how I deal with a lot of things is uh internally and and watching and I like to (laughs) I would rather accept it and deal with it on my own than retaliate because I feel like retaliating with someone that has that strong of opinion on you and they don't even know you as a human is worthless because Mm -hmm. they're already in a mindset where they think it's okay to say negative things about you that's a good point. So I would rather just say, hey, you know what? I feel this way about myself. I'm strong. I think I'm beautiful inside and out as a person. I respect myself and what they say shouldn't affect me. So, yeah, I have to keep reminding myself that sometimes. Yeah. And it's difficult. And sometimes you do want to quit social media. Sometimes you're like, I don't want to be on this website <laughs> right now. I don't want to, like, deal with these people. But, you know, it's it's hard. That's, that's how the the world is like starting to work and that scares me yeah it's turning upside down it's turning up (laughs) upside down smiley face yeah Yeah. well we're all becoming performers in different ways like i i think the idea of performance um 
it's been explored in a lot of different podcasts and a lot mm-hmm. of different shows. Like I just watched, just binged all of Black Mirror, and they never just, seen this before. Stop. It's the greatest television show. Watch Black Mirror. Watch Black Mirror. It's fantastic. Watch the episode where they have like augmented reality eyes that pull up ratings of people as you see their faces. Yes. Terrifying. It's now so <laughs> a part of. So I watched an episode of Black Mirror's um, season three, episode two. Um, <laughs> it's it's about. We'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> it's about this woman who um, social media encaptures her entire life, and. You see this woman completely crumble to pieces um, because of what people think of her. She's so hard on herself, and she can't she can't take uh, how people view her as a human. And so, how it works is like uh, Black Mirrors is all about distorted reality uh, through social media mm-hmm. a lot of times. And um, this woman, so how uh, how they play it is everybody has a cell phone. And you can walk by someone and you can rate them. Every interaction. Every so interaction. it's like the next generation of Tinder. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like right now you would look at me and you'd be like, three. Three. Hopefully or three. Give yourself a <laughs> Two and a half. No. <laughs> no. With double, with double penalty points. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, um, so it's difficult because uh, these people are constantly rating you and judging you in your... Your score goes up or down. Mm-hmm. So if your score's up, you can go into certain restaurants based yeah. on your rate. If your score's down, you can't do certain things. Which and it exists. Like, yes. People on, in, like, there are Snapchatters who get free things sent to them, right? Like, Absolutely. Like, it is an industry. Or you have to apply to get into Soho House. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, these, and I watched this with my roommate, and he was like, that could never happen. I'm like, it already, it's YouTube. It's already this happening. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's already happening. We are, we are rating and judging people so harshly via social media, via encounters with people. And like back to like what we're saying is like how not to be like hard on yourself in those situations. It's just constantly reminding yourself that the people that are doing that to you are more self-conscious than you should feel at that moment that's a big one and i think part of this too is you have to build up like a certain tolerance for it over time and over enough experiences yeah. like i go back to, I'm, I'm a rapper myself and i go back to the first mixtape i put out senior year of college martin did the art, album art for it and I had, let me tell you all the things that were terrible about it. <laughs> now, granted, look in retrospect, I think it was a pretty bad collection of music at the time. I did not, but it's better than my scouting. <laughs> <laughs> but I held like a release party at my apartment and had you know, it was like pretty much like a bunch of people I knew over, all my friends and everything. And I had a friend. I was like, "Hey, like here's your free copy of my mixtape." Yeah. And like right in front of my face. Say, I'm never going to listen to this. And he broke the CD in half and threw it in the trash can. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you're supposed to be my friend. And this is what's going on. And that, like, that, like, like, that really killed a lot of my artistic and performance confidence for a while. Absolutely. Which is why when, so then I did a second mixtape at the, that was January 2011. I did my second one December of 2011. And it was something that, like, the second time around, it was like, okay, let me just have a few people I know over, and it coincided with my birthday, so it's, it was more for my birthday, but, <laughs> hey, I also put Be nice to me today. This is my day. Be nice. And then, where what we've talked about before is you start to figure out who are the people you align yourself with and put in front of you and surround yourself with. Yeah. And that's where, like, I had this fear of ever going on stage and performing music because I was like, no, like, it's not ready yet. Yeah. Um, I No, like, I don't have a band yet, all that stuff. And then, you know, we've told, we talked about this a bunch of times before, but Martin, we were at a concert one day, and I was like, man, every time I see something like that on stage, I'm like, that should be me. And he's like, well, why isn't it? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm not ready yet. And he's like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so then... No, you're never ready enough. Yeah, so yeah. then we found out there was this open mic going on, hosted by one of the rappers who was on stage at that concert we were at. Mm-hmm. And then... I don't know, was it two weeks later? It just spirals from there. Yeah. yeah, I was. he like he like was like, no, you're going on stage and you're going to go on the stage of the open mic. And I was like, all right. And I was terrified, but I got through it and I was yeah. like, ooh, I want more of that feeling because yeah. that feels awesome. See, that's amazing <laughs> that you pushed him to do that because a lot of people will sit back and just let life happen and let uh, opportunities pass them by because 
they're too afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. And they're too nervous about what people might think and they don't think they're good enough. And it's that's something I've had to remind myself is like, you can't let those opportunities pass you by. You will never grow as a, as a human performer anything like you you'll just you know that's when you halt your life <laughs> yeah when you... well i think what i've realized over the last few years as i've kind of <laughs> honed in more on my own personal why mm-hmm. the my I, I believe that my own why is that i believe in a world of expression now the way i kind of like have like reframed that in a way to think about like why where can i help people is like i personally feel like the greatest crime is when someone feels they cannot express themselves and I am here to help people better express themselves whether it's via this podcast where I'm like hey what do you want to talk about for an hour not hey I want to come to you and talk to you about these three talking points like hey what's on your mind and then it becomes an outlet for you of some of some kind but that's where I think um that's what started to help me anyways, be like, all right, what is the crime I see out there? And for me, it's my, like my greatest crime I see is people who feel they cannot express themselves who like, so the, the me of five years ago. Yeah. And then if you look at what happened, what's happened since, well, what do, like now I go to businesses and say, Hey, I take a performance mindset to help you grow your business and figure out the story you need to tell as a business. But that doesn't happen if I get over that insecurity of my own with your help five years ago or three years ago yeah it's weird the things that make us get stuck it really is yeah like there's all sorts of these like mental blocks along the way and it could just be like little comments here and there that are like oh i should never do that thing again yeah it's hard if i if i let that happen i i really wouldn't be here to be honest with you i um i went to a college and uh they basically just did not think that i was good enough. I mm-hmm. was told to change my major, uh, which was musical theater at the time. And I w- remember once writing a paper, um, and in the paper was about, what's your dream? So my dream is to be on Broadway. And I was like, my dream at the time. And I had a teacher say to me, <laughs> change that. You, you need to open yourself up to other opportunities. I said, no, that's what I want. That's what I want to go for. That's it. And I just remember hearing that and being like, she told me to change my dream? No, absolutely not. Like, if I would have listened to that and, like, been like, yeah, you know, she's right. I'm probably not good enough. I probably, you know, probably need to find a, a backup plan. I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of, it could be a person holding you. It could be an uh, experience. It could be anything that kind of just like sticks to you and like words stick hard, especially hurtful words stick hard. I will get a million compliments and I'll remember the negative thing that oh, someone oh, says. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Like that's just us as humans. Like we just, we feel we feel so hard especially like artists and like performers that want nothing more than to like express like it's really hard i mean we have for this podcast we have 30 something five star reviews i know word for word the one three star (laughs) review that exists (laughs) i know exactly what that person (laughs) said (laughs) right i know i I, like have a similar experience i like you just remember it you just always remember and well, I think for me, because I know I'm I'm really affected by words. Um, I I've not read any of our reviews. <laughs> like I won't, I won't do it. Not. Like, I there are certain things that I'll like I want to know everything about, and I'll like have conversations with people and be like, please just tell me everything that sucks about me so I can fix it. No, um, which actually is very helpful uh, in in my case with my own demeanor. But I don't read strangers' comments. I don't. I don't find that. To be so you didn't helpful. see the YouTube comment I wrote on the video you posted. Didn't nope. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I was not the C of YouTube comment. I mean, YouTube is like the worst batch of people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. the people who make the stuff. The people who comment yeah. on the YouTube. Oh my the gosh, the dislike button. We just need to get rid of it. Yeah. Oh, I don't know why, where, and how every racist and sexist person 
decided to like congregate on YouTube. Yeah. But it's like it's, the it's a photo of like a baby's first steps, and they're like, "Oh, I hate minorities." Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's the anonymity of it, and I think that's what's so interesting. It's um, when you're separated from the person you're talking about, right? Yeah. Whether it's a stage or a screen or whatever it is. It's, it's the fact that it's over there and I'm over here and there's that like barrier in between. Yeah. And there's, um, I'm trying to remember where I heard this, but I heard something recently about how, oh yeah, it was, uh, it was this article about radical honesty. Mm-hmm. Oh, was, I love that. Yeah. And it was basically saying, um, tell everyone every single thing, like do not hold anything back and that will make not necessarily life better, but it'll make it honest and it'll make all your relationships real Real. um and someone was like but what if what i'm gonna say is gonna be hurtful well then say it and explain i'm sorry that that was hurtful let's continue like you have to take the honesty all the way to the end yeah and even then the guy who wrote like who they were interviewing he's been like divorced four times so like who knows probably doesn't work but (laughs) the point of the whole thing what i thought was really interesting about it is um as you're looking at all of this like radical honesty stuff whether you agree with it or disagree with it um in the article, it was, I think it was Esquire or, or GQ or something, um, but the guy was, they got into an argument via email about um, this working and not working. So, like, the, mm. the guy who was writing the article was like, hey, I tried it, and it backfired, and I'm not going to be honest, and, like, they started arguing back and forth via email, and the end of the email was like, and I'm really, or the guy who preaches the radical honesty said, I'm really pissed that you did this over email because you're not able to see the emotions, and the emotions are part of the honesty. And it was just that that is why I don't think the radical honesty thing works in our online world. In the online world, mm-hmm. especially. Because if you can't, like, if you bully someone online and you don't see their face, you don't feel bad about it ever. It's, it's hidden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's the reason YouTube comments and all these things surge so much. Because if I go up to you face to face and I say, I didn't like your rap song, you're going to be like, I'm faux crying for us. And, um, no, I would say, why didn't just, you like it? Just, yeah, or you can ask me a question and we right. can be engaged in a conversation. Yeah. And I think that that disconnect <clears throat> is why things get so wildly out of control mm-hmm. in the environment that we live in. Yeah, that's so well said. You're absolutely right. I want to go back to the in-person aspect of this, though. So we have the online park, however, where people can just hide behind a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And that's well documented. The in-person aspect of it becomes more interesting. And this is where more of the being hard on yourself comes into play is because is when people who directly, like you had your, your teacher saying, you should consider a different career. Yeah. These are people who, like, in that specific instance, have some type of, stake in your life and in your future yeah mm-hmm. now when your teacher told which i love that you're one of the stories of like someone told me no and i was like fuck you and <laughs> i made it happen yeah um but what happens when that doesn't happen yeah yeah now i wonder like what is the thoughts of the people who do get crushed by that and say well maybe i am i'm not that good and did you have those thoughts yeah i Automatically, I think when it's said, you uh, absolutely feel that. I feel like when any of us feel um, a negative energy toward us in any way, it just kind of hurts because we're just, you know, that's how we feel. We're all, we all have emotions. Um, for me, I knew like going in, going into this career especially I had to I had to toughen up a little bit. Um and just because that is so this is interesting. I did uh, a song um in a class once and I sang the song and one person loved it. Absolutely loved it. Said this is the best I've ever heard you sing. The other person said I would never put this in your book ever again. And I, in that moment, had to be like, these are two people's different opinions, and I can let the negative opinion run my life, or I can let the positive, take the positive opinion and accept it, and, you know, not let both of them phase me. Um, so that's something, I guess, 
you have to work at it in a way to like just realize that it's one person's opinion and not everyone has the same opinion about you and not everyone feels that way. Everybody feels differently. And um, yeah, when it's not over social media and, and when it's act interacting with a person, you just have to accept, hey, this is how they feel. I don't agree with it or maybe I do agree with it and I'll change something, but yeah, you can't let people's opinions alter how you view yourself or how you treat yourself or how you respect yourself. Because mm -hmm. um, if you do, that's when you're going to be the most hard on yourself and you're not going to feel good. It just never feels, <laughs> never feels good, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, and it's, it's a process of the voices that are around us are the voices that we internalize, mm -hmm. usually. So if you, it, it's all, you have to recognize that who's, that goes back to the first episode we did, right? That came up We're in that episode. We're the five people, right? right? Uh, what are the voice, like, can you name the voices that are in your head? Like, can, do you know, like, who is saying that? Like, that person who you know. Um, what do you mean? Tell me, wait, So, like, there, there's, um... So, so like, all right, if, if you're about to do something and you get a voice saying, like, no, don't do that, you're bad at that, yeah. right? Is that your voice, your mindset saying that to you? Or is that something that a, a teacher said to you once or your mom said to you once or, like, yeah. you know, a friend said to you in middle school? And it's like, wait, that's not my voice. That is that person, and I'm just remembering them saying that. Yeah, and <laughs> that's hard to differentiate. You know? Yeah, no, it really is. Like when you get told something so many times or, you know, it's hard to remain true to how you feel and what you feel. And yeah, that's difficult. Um, I try not to let people's opinions and um, those voices affect me. Um, and if I do, if that happens, I have to just take a moment and be like, okay, this is what one person thought. This is not who I am. This doesn't define me. And better myself from that. Because if I let that affect me, then, you know. Yeah, well, it's, well that's where I think the, the, the breakdown happens for a lot of people and why yeah. people do prevent themselves from pursuing certain things. It's why I prevented myself from pursuing certain things for a while is because, especially with music, right? Like I had the voices of, people throughout high school and college who are like, you're not black, therefore you should not be rapping, yeah. which is no, which is not a qualification whatsoever. Right, absolutely. <laughs> it's clearly not your own voice. Yeah. And that's not that, it, but it took a while to be like, okay, those are other people's voices and I need to bring in positive voices around me. Yeah, right? and like, say, I hey, do you rap. actually have a skill here yes. and you can do something yeah. with this to get me over that hump. And going back to the point of the, the feedback that you mentioned, like mm -hmm. one person's opinion versus the other. One of the best things I got out of yoga teacher training was when they said, because we do like, all right, teach a, teach five minutes of a class and like, well, I'll give you feedback afterwards. Yeah. And you people go in a circle and start giving you feedback and your inherent reaction is to be like, is to rationalize why you did or did not do something. For sure, you're, you're we, like, we're so defensive. Right? We right? like cut up this wall. Like, you're like, well, no, that happened because that. of this. And the yeah. person leading, she was like, <laughs> you don't understand, my foot hurts. <laughs> the person <laughs> leading, you know, whenever someone would do that, she'd say, hey, let them talk. All you have to do with feedback is say thank you yeah. and move on to the next person. Yeah. And you decide if you want to take that seriously or not. Absolutely. I love that you just said that. Yeah, you decide. And I feel like we, le we let the people decide how we should feel. Mm -hmm. And that's what's starting to get hard about, like, especially women, not just in like arts or performing, but like women in general, people are trying to decide how we should feel and are saying, you need to look like that. You should be doing these hobbies. You shouldn't be thinking like this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, when we, when we sit there and like let these people talk at us, it is definitely up to us to say, great, I appreciate how you feel, but we can, yeah, we cannot let that define us. Because if I had a man say to me, you shouldn't feel this way, you shouldn't think this way, or a woman, mm -hmm. 
and be like, no, you can't tell me how to feel. You can't tell me this. I'm decide that for my own self. That's a big thing that I kind of like realized myself. Um, Beginning of last year, I was getting over a breakup. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I noticed was people would be like, ah, like, you shouldn't feel like that or you should move on or whatever. And it's like, it's all well-meaning advice at that time. But what I had to realize was like, you cannot really let anyone tell you how you should feel while you're feeling it. Because then you don't actually give yourself a chance to process that emotion. Yeah. Whether it's a good emotion or a or, you know, positive or a sad emotion or whatever. If, if someone says, yeah, you shouldn't be sad. And then you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be sad. Let me just start being happy. Now you've just... You've almost just like buried that emotion and it's going to come up later. Right. But you've been like, oh, okay, well, I'm not supposed to be like this right now. So why don't I act in the opposite manner? And then that starts to feel disingenuine in its own right. Yeah. Hmm. Everyone becomes a therapist once you're dealing with a breakup, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Everybody knows, you know, until, you know. Yeah, I totally get that. And it's good to experience those emotions. And I'm glad I did process those emotions of people telling me you're not good enough you're not this you're not that but yeah at the end of the day you choose how you feel and you choose how you you deal with it and if you're gonna let it affect you or if you're gonna buckle up and say (laughs) this is how i feel this is what i want yeah well and one of the things that i'm really curious about because we're talking so much about performance is um disconnecting yourself from the output sometimes. So a lot of times uh, when someone insults the thing that you made, you feel like they're insulting you, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, back when I was like studying art in school, like I'd paint something and it would be done. And someone would say they like it, another person would say they dislike it. And you take that to mean you like or dislike me. Yeah. Versus you like or dislike that thing I created that's now outside of me. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been practicing a lot is we've created more and more content. Um, Even just going back and we talk about self being self-critical, like going back and listening to old episodes. And I'm like, I can't believe I said that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. And it's like or improv was like the biggest piece for all of this when I studied improv. Because you'd be up on stage and you would just do stuff and you had no idea that was what was going to happen. Right. And then you'd sit down and be like, who did that? It was scary, right? Yeah. It's super scary. Yeah. And they're like, you're an asshole in that scene. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not an asshole. But in that scene, what I tried to do. The character I portrayed was an asshole. So then, of course, you think they're telling you you're an asshole. Well, right. right. (laughs) But but you have to keep it separate to some, or at least for me, I have to keep it separate to some extent. Once I'm done creating the thing and it's out there, like, I feel like I'm on the other side of the wall again. I'm like, oh, that's a thing that exists in the world now. Mm -hmm. It's not me anymore. So, like, one of the things that I think will be helpful as I move forward and create more stuff and over the years and keep building is that disconnection from old, previously done things. Like, Bill Murray, like, people joke with him about Garfield, right? Yeah. I don't think he personally gets offended about people making fun of Garfield. Like, he he even joins in on the joke sometimes. Yeah. And so... I didn't even know he was involved in Garfield. He's the voice of Garfield. I didn't realize. Well, well, now that you're saying it, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, he was the voice of Garfield. I think someone said, like, Bill, what's the worst thing you've ever done in your life? And he was like, I don't know, Garfield? Garfield. But (laughs) but it it is, there's this, I think, as, you know, you perform more, as you put more out there, and as, like, the years pass, like... I don't know, something I did in high school isn't who I am today. Right. So something I did yesterday is just as much not me today. Well, it's interesting you say that because, so talking about Hamilton a little bit, when it first came out, um, it basically combusted. Like, it was like this, like, huge thing mm-hmm. that just, like, exploded and everyone was like, what is this? Yeah. So non-stop listening to the album people non-stop literally (laughs) (laughs) but yes like i mean when it when it came out everybody made it made it something to them they've just listening to the sound recording so Mm -hmm. never seen it um i've never seen it and i portrayed a picture in my head of what I thought it would be. So, okay, so we see the 
um, Hamilton, incredible. Absolutely, I, I think. The best play ever. The, <laughs> yes, the artistry, like the choreography, like everything just fits in a way that like I've never seen anything fit before. Um, so when everyone has this image of what Hamilton is in their head and they're listening to the recording of this is what Eliza should sound like. This is what, you know, the cast should sound like. This is what we think. When we brought it to Chicago, we were nervous because we were like, you know, this is a whole new interpretation of Hamilton. Mm -hmm. we, are, we are not the New York company. We're a Chicago company. So we, we definitely had to like be like, this is a thing we created. We are human. We are artists. And if they love it, they'll love it. And if they hate it, then, you know... What do we do? We we can't beat keep ourselves. We're, we keep performing <laughs> yeah. for the next year. <laughs> Five years. For the next ten years. We keep doing it. But it's interesting because, like, yeah, people expect, you know, it to be a certain way. And what if we don't live up to the expectation or this or that? But I've found that, like, people have respected that we are a new company completely, um, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't read the bad reviews, so don't tell me. <laughs> well, this is no, this is interesting but that you bring this part up. We will not forward them. Don't, don't forward them to me. <laughs> because, um, so I'm actually working on a covers and remixes album of as much of this, of much of this, as much of this, this if, soundtrack If you know, he's do. obsessed. Yeah. I love it. No, so, I'm glad. I'd love to play some of this for you later on. But, oh, um, don't. Yeah. But what... What I was doing at first, and I saw the Chicago production beginning of October. Oh, okay, great. So uh, for the last year, I've just listened to the New York cast album. Meaning okay. he just, that's all he's listening no, to? No, like, honestly, <laughs> almost. Like, I don't think I've gone more than two days without it. <laughs> and anytime I can't think of what I want to listen to, I just throw on it. It's good work about music, <laughs> yeah, right? It's yeah. like Yorktown's, like, I'm like, on yeah. the treadmill. Well, like, and I'm, I'm teaching a yoga class next month that's Hamel Flow. Oh. I'm going to have half the class be Burr and the other class be Hamilton. And... That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyways, so I had been working on a bunch of songs and then I played him a few and your, and your response was like, it's accurate, but it's not you. I want to hear what Raj sounds like singing this stuff and rapping this stuff. Because what I was doing was saying, how do I make it sound like what I've heard over the right. last year? Right, right, And so I'm altering my voice to sound like New York's Jefferson and to sound like Lin-Manuel. Yeah. And then what seeing it, the show here did for me was, was make me see, wait, people can sing this in their own way and it will still sound good. It, like, yeah. no one in Chicago is trying to sound, like, Jefferson here sounds completely different than Absolutely. David Diggs does yeah. in New York. For sure. And for me, that's what, that's what seeing it here, outside of just, like, enjoying the production and everything that's what the show did for me here was allow me to see that there can be other interpretations of the same songs yes and no interpretation is wrong like right creativity is so expansive like i it's i can't like explain to people enough that like yeah we are a totally different group yeah. of kids on the stage you know what i mean um so yeah, we were definitely nervous, as I'm sure you were kind of nervous, like showing them, like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're you don't want to be like judged for it. Yeah. But well, and I think it's because like I have an, uh, you know, another friend who I talked to who had not listened to it at all, mm -hmm. and then saw the show here uh, last week or two weeks ago, and then she starts texting me and she's like, "Is it bad to think that uh, after after seeing it here and then now she said and then after she started listening to the cast album yeah she's like is it bad to think that the Chicago cast sounds better and no. I, was like, I was like no not at all to be honest I'm my guess is whatever you hear first that's what you're like oh this is what the production is yeah and then that's what you're going off of for whatever you hear next it's interesting yeah how how we definitely take with what we know yeah and are familiar with and classify that as that's the right version yeah. you know what I mean like perspective it's, it's all perspective. perspective where are you yeah. sitting at the moment and what are you looking at yeah, yeah. and i liked and I, what i what i would specifically enjoy is the different nuances from this cast versus new york and like for instance i'm sorry what is jefferson's name slash lafayette's name here uh, chris lee chris okay yeah. chris lee what david diggs does not do when we in uh in my shot when he's like, oh, you say anarchy. But what he does, what Chris Lee does on stage here is he's like, oh, anarchy. And he does yeah, that really like, you know, exaggerated. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's such a great uh, interpretation of just that one word 
and yeah. a different spin on it. Well, like no, yeah, and no choice is wrong. And right. Every and and it's how you see it. You know what I mean? And that's like that's what's so cool about the artistry of it is mm-hmm. that you can do this show so many different ways. Um, but yeah, that we're glad that the people are accepting it and accepting us as a company and feels uh, really great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think interpretation is just such a cool idea. Like this goes all the way back to Shakespeare and everything. Like I heard of a game, an improv game recently where one person has a script that they cannot change, but the other character is improving. So yes, have you heard about this? Wait, no, but I love yeah, it. So, okay. so, so the idea is like this person, whatever that person says to them, they can only respond with the next with line. With the script. With, yeah, with the next line of the script. But the other person still has to keep improv- improvising? And the other person is just making up whatever. Okay. So like if that person starts screaming at you, but the next line of the script is like, yes, I understand what you mean. Uh, like you have to decide how to say that line, right? Yeah. So you might be like, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Or like. Yeah, I, and like try and like dissolve it, and like, and so it's it's nothing changes except how you interpret the words or how you pace the words or the punctuation of the words, yeah. and it completely changes the show. Yeah, and I think just interpretation, both in um, what we create, but also in reading reviews or in taking someone's feedback. If we are feeling negative about ourselves when someone gives us negative feedback, it will be exponentially worse mm-hmm. if we're feeling good about ourselves and like confident in ourselves and someone says something negative, we'll be like f you yeah um, it's all how you interpret it yeah and so how do we control our own like baselines and how do we control our own emotions and our reactions and things like that so that if and when you do get those negative feedback whether it's at your job or whether it's performing or whatever it is or life or life yeah like you i know people who have broken down crying in in um, their performance reviews and at an ad agency like yeah. it's everywhere and so but if you can figure out if you can figure out how to control your baseline emotions in spite of all these things and this is like the being hard on yourself piece um, if we can stop being so hard on ourselves on a day-to-day basis when other people come at us we can be stronger and more able to fight back yeah I think one one of the ways to enable that to happen to not be so hard on herself or to understand the perspective or whatever is going back to what you said before, Martin, which was it's a thing you created, but it's not you. Right? Like this mm-hmm. is if you're doing a show tonight, it could go poorly, it could go great for you. Hey. But it's like one <laughs> it's, it's right, but it's like it's one thing you put out there yeah. over the next 365 days, mm-hmm. right? And on top of that, uh, the way I interpret that, and the reason why I like you brought that up is for me. That's the wrestling mindset. Like, I'm a huge WWE wrestling, pro wrestling fan, which is just theater with athletics involved. He's a yoga fan, yeah. a Hamilton yeah. fan, a wrestling fan. Yeah. I mean, really, all these I'm gonna, talents. I'm going to join the WWE. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's the modern renaissance. Yeah, I'm going to join the WWE as Hamilton. <laughs> I love it. Ooh, I love it. That's but, but that is the wrestling mindset where, and this is where people are like, you know, it's fake, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm watching a show. Get off my back. <laughs> and... What people don't realize is they're like, oh, like, how could he say that? It's like, he's playing a character. That is not him. There are maybe elements of his personality in it, but that person, that guy or that girl on screen or in the ring right now is doing a performance. Yeah. And what happens when the cameras are off, now that's that person's life. But there's a lot of this um, bleeding of the two lines uh, that make people forget that Hey, this is a this is someone playing a role, and that's like how that even with like the Jay Z. You're Beyonce, saying it's not George Washington on stage. Yeah, tonight? right. Exactly. How dare you? <laughs> and but like with the Jay Z Beyonce stuff, was it a year ago where they're like, oh, they're gonna get divorced or whatever? And I'm like, no, like like that's wrestling because they played up to everyone mm-hmm. that they were in this huge marital dispute, and what did it do? It jacked up subscriptions of title. Sure did. Like they pulled the wool over they, everyone's eyes. They got a lot of negative energy too, so I wonder how they <laughs> dealt with that. That's, that's I was convinced the whole time it was la- it was laddering up to a collaboration album called Sex and Murder. Oh god. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely like it's definitely from a performance aspect. It's it's definitely like, yes, I created this. I but I am a human. I have feelings. So, you know, be kind. Be yeah. be positive. Like yes, opinions. Everybody has an opinion. That's like that's life. 
and you're going to get opinions that you don't like. Um, opinions are like assholes. Yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah! <laughs> Everyone's got one and they Everyone's all stink. Everyone's got one. <laughs> they really do, but I mean, I've, as a performer, I have to take that and say, okay, great, that's what you thought of my job or that's what you thought of this, great. As a human... And I, like, as a person, if I hear someone say something negative to me, of course that is going to affect me in a way that's harsher than, I guess, a performance because I I never want to feel, you know, mm-hmm. bad. Um, so I think it's kind of just, like, reminding yourself that it's okay to process those feelings and feel sad for a sec, but, like, know you're strong and know you're better than that and you don't need to. You don't need to take that shit, okay? That's the bottom line. (laughs) Bottom line. All right, with that, we need to wrap up. Before we do, Amber, let our listeners know um, where they can find you, what you're working on, which is pretty obvious. Yeah, But but anything else you want to say? Um, I'm doing Hamilton the Musical in Chicago. Have you heard of it? I hope you've heard of it. Wait, what was it? Hammy time? Hammy time. Hammy time. Hammy time the Musical. Um, It's at the Private Bank Theater. Uh, You can find me on social media at Amber Ardolino. Ardolino. uh, Ah. A-R-D-O-L-I-N-O. Type it with the accent. Yes, please do. Um... Or check out my website, uh, www.amberdolino.com. Yeah, thanks, guys. This was fun. (laughs) Cool. All right. So then to wrap up, we'll go one by one, starting with Martin, and we'll close with you, Amber, giving our answer to today's topic question. Martin, how do you stop being hard on yourself? So I think it all starts with um, your internal world and getting that right. Because if you are constantly reacting to everything around you rather than being proactive to the things around you, it creates really bad cycles. So um, read Ego is the Enemy. Uh, try meditation. I'm not great at it, but it helps. That's um, meditation. And, and just like really work on knowing who you are so that when other people say things, you can be ready to say, does that align with my internal thoughts? Or are they just imprinting their thoughts in my brain? My answer for how do you stop being hard on yourself is two things. One, it's it's knowing is it your voice that's in your head or is it someone else's that you have internalized? And the other part of it too, I think, and I've it's what I'm observing with the reactions to the election results and it's the message that I'm trying to just tell the people as I talk to them is I think what a lot of feel people feel um, the election being one example of it, you know, really blowing it out. But I think what a lot of people are feeling is that they do not have control. And I think at the end of the day, like the message I want, I'm trying to give to people through all this is you, you ultimately you do have control. You have not lost control of anything. Ultimately you do have control. Like Amber, in your case, even when your teacher said you should think of another career, you still had control over the decision of will I keep pursuing this or will I will I quit? Yeah, and I think that's the important thing is to understand that control is and the decision making is always in your own hands. Yeah, Amber, how do you stop being hard on yourself? Wow, guys, such good answers. I'm really nervous. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say <clears throat> be positive and keep having that positive outlook on life and everything that you do. Um, to the point that you feel so good and you're so happy and confident with yourself that people's opinions, the negative opinions, won't truly matter to you. Because in the end, you're going to want to listen to what your mom says. <laughs> and you're going you're gonna to have friends that really respect you enough to not degrade you or ever make you feel badly about yourself. Um, and if you do have people saying mean things to you and you are getting hard on yourself, be strong because there's a lot of people out there that are going through that as well. And it take all it takes is giving like a nice compliment to someone to like change their attitude or mm-hmm. change their day or anything. So be kind and like, or having an Instagram account that it says I love Amber Ardelina. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, 
That's really cool. Shout out to whoever made that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's really amazing. But um, yeah, be strong be, and be proud of who you are because you you do control how uh, you interpret what they say about you and choose to choose to not let it affect you. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're trying to say is look around. Look, look around. around and how, how lucky, lucky we, we are, are to, to be, be alive right right now. <laughs> Good luck. Amber Ardolino, thank you for joining us Thanks, on our podcast. Guys. This is fun. That was a blast. <laughs> that wrapped up our conversation with Amber Ardolino. Amber, thank you so much for joining us. Tons of laughs. Tons of learnings, tons of everything in between. We had an absolute blast with you. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes. Why? Because ratings and reviews help more people find the show, and therefore, more people get to discover their inner awesome. Do you subscribe to our show? If not, what the hell are you doing? Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or many of the other podcasting platforms which this show is available on. When you subscribe, you don't have to remember to listen to a new episode. Every week, our new episode just hits your phone, your device, your player immediately once we release it. For full show notes, references, and resources, as well as Amber's contact information, you can find it all at the brand new www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Our season six theme song, which you hear right now, is by Chris Leamy. Chris had our season one theme song. We're back with him here in season six. This song is called American Man. It is off of his brand new album, The American Man EP, available on both iTunes and Spotify. Give it a listen. That's Chris Leamy. Leamy spelled L-E-A-M-Y. Hey, what a great way to kick off season six. We are excited to keep the ball moving forward with brand new guests and brand new episodes every single Monday. That'll do it for this one. Thank you again to Amber Ardolino for being our guest. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Raj Nation Nathan. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We'll see you next time. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today. I'm awesome.